For early Christians, Christmas was more about communion in Christ than the consumerism that drives our culture. More about knowing the truth regarding all that was done through the body and blood of the child that we celebrate than anything else. Around this time of year, many people like to talk about how Christian holy days line up with pagan holidays. Well, they're right. Centuries, dare I say millennia ago, the church decided the best way to lead people away from the error of false gods, false thoughts, oftentimes what they understood to be demon possession, all of which was highlighted much more during this season, was to focus the people on the right things. In this case, instead of all the pagan trappings that would come with the winter solstice, the church decided to highlight the birth of Jesus Christ. One could rightly say that Christmas was designed to focus us on the triumph of that child, Jesus Christ. He who was our eternal king, sitting on his eternal throne. There's so much out there in the world vying for our attention. And it almost seems as though the craziness of the world, the sadness and the depression, as well as the sin, all come out in full display around this season. Therefore, that is all the more reason for us to set our eyes on him, the author and finisher of our faith. So we will do exactly that this morning. A German mystic named Angelus Celestius once noted... If in your heart you make a manger for his birth, then God will once again become a child on earth. Amen. Our scripture reading from Isaiah chapter 9 highlights that unto us a son has been given. In Christ we celebrate the fulfilled hope of Israel. Today we celebrate his birth, which made all that we have in him possible. This glorious celebration, Christmas, goes all the way back to the first century wise men up until today. Midnight Mass finished about 22 hours ago in Vietnam. Throughout the Middle East and Africa, Christian families are together recounting the day's events, watching the sun go down on the holiest day of the year. In England, Christmas dinner is now over. And the great English-American tradition, the Christmas nap, is about to take place. Surely looking forward to taking part in that great tradition later today. In Hawaii, they will sleep for a while longer before the greetings of Mele Kalamaka are heard. For the last 27 hours and for the next 21, Christians around the world celebrate the birth of Christ. Glory to God. In Luke chapter 2, we read of the manger birth. All the humble details that went into that birth as we ponder the birth and the reality of Christ, God himself incarnating himself and coming to earth. Such a humble beginning. We see that wise men and shepherds came to see this glorious occurrence. Wise men were seeking, shepherds were tending their flocks. These were the first to hear the good news. I find that interesting because wise men have a spirit of seeking. Shepherds, the workers, the poor, the unappreciated, underappreciated of our culture are the first to see this glorious truth. My guess is that if Jesus was born today, it would be the people who are seeking as well as those who are hard at work 
those who are often underappreciated, that would be first told of the miraculous birth. Since we have gathered here this Christmas morning, not the usual Christmas Eve, I think our focus should be a bit different. Usually we highlight the story of the birth, light candles to commemorate that such a glorious event, and look forward to celebrating with our families on Christmas Day. However, this morning we have the opportunity to truly come to terms with these mystical realities of Christmas, or Christ's Mass. I imagine that after all the fanfare of the birth, the sun rose and realities began to settle in. What did it now mean that the child, the Messiah, who had been long waited for, was now born into the world? How was this child to be seen and called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Eternal Father, and the Prince of Peace? The word mystical means hidden or unseen to the natural eye. While much of what we celebrate this morning was indeed seen to the natural eye, as Christians, we know the depth of what the birth meant, what Christ taught and accomplished, is truly unseen mystical realities. Martin Luther, the German priest and reformer, once said, Scripture is the cradle in which Christ lies. Through Scripture, we are informed of those mystical realities. We read of things such as the kingdom of God is within you. Luke chapter 17, verse 21. We have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. We are each considered individual members of his corporate body. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. And then we read that when we gather in his presence, his presence is manifest among us as well as through us. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. One of the most perplexing mystical realities we know as Christians is that Jesus Christ, the child that we celebrate, was born to die. Through his death, he defeated carnality and the death that affected all of Old Covenant Israel, that affected the Gentiles in their ignorance and affects us today, that which leads to sin. He defeated this. He gave us the opportunity to have eternally Fulfilling and satisfying life. Ponder that reality. It was through his death, his dying, that we now have the opportunity and his resurrection unto life that gives us the opportunity to die and receive life, to live eternally fulfilling and satisfying lives. As Christians, we carry within us the mystical realities of the birth, death, and resurrection of Christ. This highlights our being born again, or as is properly said, born from above, which comes by way of our dying to ourselves so that we may live in and through Jesus Christ. He was born into this world so that he would be seen by us and through us. The communion table, which is before us this morning, is designed to show us that mystical reality, as well as how we are to embody or express it. Surely there has been a lot of debate within the worldwide body of believers regarding this holy moment of communion, the Lord's table that we will celebrate. Be they Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant, or deemed heretical, that doesn't matter right now. I happen to hold to a more Augustinian or Calvinistic understanding of this moment as a visible sign of a sacred thing or an invisible form of grace. Not so much a sacrament that imparts something to us, more so an element being used to convey something we already have in Christ. 
dare I say, something often misunderstood and underappreciated by many Christians. In John chapter 1, verse 14, we read that the Word, Jesus Christ, was full of grace and full of truth. He is full of grace and full of truth. As we authentically go through the Lord's table, allowing the truth to truly resonate within us, we will realize that it conveys to us the reality that we are his body. As we consume his flesh and his blood, we are called to be consumed by his presence in and through us. We are his flesh and blood body to the world. We must be full of grace and full of truth. We must come to see ourselves not as a human community, but rather the body of Christ. How glorious is the mystical reality that requires our participation for the will of God to be complete in the world. Participation in the Lord's table is not a vague religious ceremony, to seem spiritual or to fulfill some religious obligation, but rather to give evidence, to remind us of, and confirm the mystical reality of our being partakers of the divine nature. The privilege and responsibility of that which comes by way of examination in this holy celebration of the Lord's table is truly unmatched. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 through 29, we read the apostolic wisdom from the Apostle Paul regarding the examination we should take when participating in such a celebration. He says to discern the body. There's been some discussion in regards to whether this means that I should discern my life in my body individually, my responsibility to be a member of the body of Christ, to examine myself and walk in accordance with the will of God for me, or is this discerning the body a corporate discerning that we are to look out at the body of Christ, highlighting the need for each individual to be serving, caring, exhorting, rebuking, correcting one another? I think both of them highlight a glorious examination that we should be partaking as we, or should we, we should be participating in and undergoing as we participate in such a glorious celebration as the Lord's table. Another beautiful reality that is highlighted through the Reformed celebration of the Lord's table is the recitation of Sursum Corda, lift up your hearts, to which, he, to which the congregation replies, we lift them up to the Lord. Surely this is one of the most ancient phrases in Christian literature. In noting Christ's presence among us, we are not dragging Christ down here to be with us, but rather the Holy Spirit reminds us of our lifted up reality with Christ in heavenly realms. Think through these mystical realities this morning. Examine yourself. How significant are these realities in your life? On this day that we celebrate the birth and the reality of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Christ, where are you in understanding his role as wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, and prince of peace? Do you understand his government, more often referred to as his kingdom? Maybe I'm already preparing a New Year's message for us to begin to examine. However, allow the Spirit to truly do this examination within you this morning. At this time, we're going to begin to hand out the elements of the Lord's table. And I'll ask that each and every one of you hold on to the bread and the cup until each and every one of us receive. For this is what the Lord himself said. And the Apostle Paul passed it on to us just as he received it. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. And together we eat of the bread. Each one of us now holding the cup in our hands, we know that the Apostle Paul continued saying that in the same way, Christ took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. You may drink the cup. In conclusion to this glorious ceremony, the Apostle Paul continues, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Well, here at Blue Point Bible Church, we celebrate a fulfilled Lord's table, understanding his coming as a fulfilled prophecy. And therefore, instead of announcing his death during this moment, we celebrate his life in and through us. Surely a mystical reality all made possible due to his incarnation, his birth, which we celebrate today. Therefore, in conclusion to this message, Highlighting all the mystical realities made possible through his birth, we note the greatest reality we have in Christ. Our salvation, eternal life, eternally fulfilling and satisfying life, which is signified by a crown in Scripture. The reality of what we are called to do with the crown, our salvation, our eternal life, is throw it before his feet in praise and worship, thus submitting to him, which is seen through our love, peace, Joy, humility. In this we convey the reality of Christ triumphant, crowned with many crowns, as we read in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 13. In this I can truly and authentically say, Merry Christmas. Please stand for the congregational singing of the hymn, Crown Him with Many Crowns. <laughs> 